welcome. It's 9.07. Uh, coming up one hour from now at uh, 10.07, uh, the Wall Street Journal has a couple of interesting stories about the economy. The public may soon see the economic light. Perceptions tend to lag behind uh, reality. Uh, but inflation, they say, has been going down for a while. Uh, then at the same time, Credit card debt is up and taking longer to pay down. Customers of the biggest U.S. banks have steadily increased unpaid balances. Well, let's check in with Professor Murray Sabrin then at 10.05 and find out exactly what's going on. Uh, yesterday we had um, Senator Bill Eigel on the program and we talked about a kerfuffle on the uh, Senate floor uh, where they wanted to fix uh, IP reform, and it was something that they didn't do last year. They put it off. They bounced it around. Anything the uh, anything that the Republicans were to, if if they were to accomplish anything, let's uh, let's say uh, making this a, a free state for labor, so that uh, there's no forced unions, or um, maybe they managed to not expand uh, Medicaid. Uh, the Democrats come into the state, throw a bunch of money at uh, Kansas City and St. Louis, and the middle grounds uh, parts of the state don't get a say-so. So if you if the Republicans really want to fix anything in the state of Missouri and actually have it last, what they need to do is fix the initiative petition problem. That's what he tried to get done. Uh, for that, they have punished him. Uh, Caleb Rowden stripped the uh, committee chairmanships from four members of the Freedom Caucus in what one described as a punitive measure for not falling in line with Senate leadership. You know, um, this is how it works. You stand on principle, they attack. Uh, I like Caleb Rowden personally. But I think he has gone way too soft uh, and way too far to the left uh, to suit me. Uh, and I think he's done it for political gain. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll chat about that. Uh, Secretary of State uh, Jay Ashcroft is going to be on. I'm going to find out what he thinks of all this as well. We'll talk a little bit about the Trump economy. Um, David Stockman uh, did an interview. If you don't know who David Stockman is... Uh, he was the OMB director um, for President Reagan. And he talked about what happened in uh, the four years that Donald Trump was in the White House. So it's, it's not as rosy a picture as you might think. Uh, that's not to say that Biden didn't screw the pooch and make it a lot worse. He did. But there are some very interesting observations. And... We'll kind of kick those around with you as well. And speaking of Donald Trump, he had a, a pretty substantial victory in New Hampshire last night. Round 11-point victory uh, over Haley. And again, if I'm a Republican, and i got to qualify this because i got some libertarian on my butt saying, Oh, you're just a Republican. I'm telling you, as a Republican, this is what I would do. I would vote for Donald Trump. As a libertarian, I realize that's not the answer, and I would not. Uh, but he apparently it doesn't seem to uh, grasp the distinction. 
I would encourage everybody to vote for the Libertarians because <laughs> they're the only ones that will fix the problem. Uh, then uh, I got a response today. Yesterday you told the story of your grandfather who, quote-unquote, illegally immigrated into the United States through Mexican border. He did not illegally immigrate into the United States. It was legal. That was not uh, illegal back then. It was the 1800s, and it was perfectly legal. Uh, you added uh, the nugget that he was an illegal drug dealer, a bootlegger, upon arrival. Uh, you're, you are the open borders poster child or grandchild for criminal migrants. The problem isn't the open border. The problem is the welfare state. Well put. That is exactly what the problem is. And it's even worse than that because you add in the income tax and the FICA tax and all of these other socialist uh, uh, parts of the uh, Democrat agenda. And it virtually makes it impossible for um, people to easily come into the country and go to work. So... Uh, I I, uh, I agree with that entirely, Anson. All right, uh, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. That gets you uh, into the studios. Jay Ashcroft, 935. We'll chat with him about everything uh, that we've just uh, chatted about right now in the opening. But I'm going to tell you some things that I learned yesterday about the uh, the Trump years. In four years, we went from 20 to $28 trillion in debt. In four years, $8 trillion of debt. The deficit, when Donald Trump took office, was 9% of GDP. Um, average is around 2.5%. Bigger spender than, uh, than Obama. Uh, he, he, he really uh, did not have a great economy. Part of it was the response to the COVID thing. One and a half percent growth um, in GDP over four years. Uh, usually it's somewhere around, uh, in fact, through 2016, it was over 3% per year on average. So you, you, you say to yourself, well, that's not Trump's fault. We got the, uh, the China flu. But the truth is, his response to the China flu is what really hurt the economy, that and the tariffs. When he got in office, uh, 145 million jobs uh, were uh, in the marketplace. And when he left, it was 142 and a half. So... Was it a great four years? It could have been. I mean, he was on the right track. But unfortunately, he got distracted. And when I, when I you know, I, I'm not going to excuse him. I'm not going to excuse him for COVID. Because he shut down the government. He, he literally ignored private property rights. And the free market and took it upon himself to shut down the government and then to send out checks. Then to send out checks. So, 
he 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 could have been could have been if he just left the market alone, if he hadn't shut down the government, if he hadn't sent out checks, and if he hadn't passed tariffs, he could have had an incredible economy. Is is he the guy that's going to fix things? I don't know. I, I don't think so. We'll run this past uh, Professor Murray Sabrin as well uh, and see what he thinks about it. Uh, he is a, a professor emeritus from Ramapo College Economics, uh, and he, of course, uh, has uh, a great deal more insight than, uh, than I do. Uh, let me do this. I'll give you the telephone number. It's 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. All that said, by the way, and again, if I were a Republican, I would still vote for him over Haley. I would still vote for him over Haley. Last night, he came out and made his concession speech, and he could have been graceful. He didn't have to talk about her dress not being elegant enough. He didn't have to. He could simply have said, thank you, New Hampshire. We've worked hard. We'll continue to work hard. Uh, this is a challenge that we're going to take uh, right to the end. Uh, and we're going to win. And thank you all for your help. Instead, he, you know, he just he, he attacks on a childish level. If he would stop doing that. He would be far more palatable uh, to a lot of voters. Maybe you disagree with that. Maybe you think that uh, that's uh, that his speech yesterday was great. I don't know. I'll find out because I'll chat with you. 800-529-5572 or 874-9390 if you're local. Otherwise, just go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. It'll pop up in studio. Callers, hang on the line. Shortest break of the hour. We're going to take it and come back and grab your calls. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 921. Glad to have you with us. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft will be with us in, uh, at 930, uh, 935. He's not on because of any political candidacy or race. He is on simply because he is the Secretary of State for the state of Missouri. And I want to ask him questions that are in the news. And uh, with that in mind, I opened up with a monologue explaining... Um, the truth about the economy under Donald Trump. And uh, let's see, I, I, I'm going to just uh, go right to the phones uh, and uh, start taking calls. You can go to GaryNolan.com also and send a message. It'll pop up in studio. Starting off in Hallsville with Rick, good morning. Yes, good morning. You know, uh, Congress holds the purse strings and, you know, Roy Blunt went out he was there for the whole $30 trillion of untaxed spending. Blaine Luke Tamire, he's been there for $25 trillion. He's leaving. Both of them being treated like such great people. Vicki Hartzler was there for $18 trillion. I'm not defending Donald Trump, but Congress is also a huge problem. Let me give you a four-letter word. Veto. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah, well, I, they were, you know, uh, it's it's difficult for me to understand. And also something that I want you to ask Jay Ashcroft about. They had a lady from Right to Life on the early 
morning program, mm-hmm. and she blamed Senate leadership on the reason that um, abortion has not been. Uh, who's who's the abortion provider? Um, Planned Parenthood. Oh yeah, Planned Parenthood. She blamed Senate leadership on not defunding Planned Parenthood. And I'd like for you to run that by Jay Ashcroft. All right, well, if I have a chance, I will do that. Rick, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Kevin, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'm a pretty conservative libertarian. I don't care what you do. Just don't make me pay for it type of person. Um, But here's the problem with the libertarians. They were looking really good until that man got up on stage and danced in his underwear at the convention. Oh, God, yes. And, you know, that kind of threw people off. It's like, well, let's wait 10 years to see if they become a serious candidate. And that was my biggest concern. Now, had, had we gotten a Ron Paul in there, Ron Paul probably would have turned the direction of this country around. In Ron Paul did run for president as a libertarian. I he know, also ran as a Republican. In 2008, if he, had, if he had won, we probably would be sitting in a whole different limelight right now. Yeah. So I, I wish the libertarians would, would get it together, not have any kind of a ridiculous convention. And, uh, now, look, you know, there are there are the ridiculous right people in the Democrat and Republican parties, but they're so much larger <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that, that they kind of get uh, they kind of get hidden. Uh, and <laughs> interestingly, um, and I have attended uh, national conventions and state conventions all over the country. And every time some weirdo in the in the party uh, would come in, the news media would go right to the weirdo. Uh, you know, I watch Harry Brown, terrific candidate, really a great guy, would have been a terrific president. Uh, instead, they come in and, and uh, do an interview with Starchild. It's like, oh, all right. I got to run. Kevin, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Uh, Dennis in Springfield. Good morning. Yeah. You know, just the comparison between. Trump and Biden, because that's the choice that we've got. The libertarians, there's never going to be a libertarian president, because most of the libertarians I know are not solid-minded like you. They are nuts. You have a bunch of nuts in your party, and you've got to weed out the nuts first. Right now, I'm eating a McDonald's meal. I used to pay $5.32 for it under Trump. Mm-hmm. I paid eight. I paid eight forty-two right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're talking 60-70% actual inflation. Home mortgages, I refinanced my house at two and three quarter percent. Now, the same company is begging me to refi because they're gonna have to lay people off because they can't refinance enough house because no one's buying them at 9%. And you know, just on and on. I bought well, gasoline under Trump for 98 cents a gallon. All right, Dennis, when he added $8 trillion to the debt, do you think that was inflationary? Um, do you know how much, what percentage of debt Ronald Reagan added? Uh, I'm, hey, I'm not defending Reagan's spending. Mm-hmm. I'm just, no, I'm no. just asking it, it, you. It, it, I'm just, a, you didn't answer my question. Do you think adding eight trillion dollars in spending added to inflation? Yes. Do you it's think the president? Do you, do you, do you, do you think? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Do you think the president of the United States? Telling the Federal Reserve Chairman to keep those interest rates down 
was a good idea when the economy had already recovered? No. Do you think it was no. a good idea for the President of the United States to shut down the country? No, I wouldn't have done those. Those three things I would not have done. But I would have vetoed more stuff by far than the president vetoed. Right. By far. Because here's the thing. I want the message to go out to all these politicians on any side. I don't care. Even the libertarian uh, half-baked kooks. Stop spending money I don't have. Stop it. Stop borrowing and bankrupting me, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and whatever country takes us over. And, you know, I wish we had a great candidate with the charisma of JFK and the financial responsibility of, say, uh, Theodore Roosevelt. But we don't have them. Once again, it's the lesser of two evils. If Joe Biden gets elected again, you're toast. Trump can delay the destruction of this country a few years. But until we grow up and get adults in the room that know that you can't keep doing insanity. And like I said, the Libertarian Party, uh, talk about insanity. All right, Dennis, Dennis, before before we uh, besmirch all the Libertarians, have you ever heard or seen a Libertarian candidate that made sense that looked appropriate for the office that you would like to have seen win? Yes. Did did you vote for them? Yes, I did. Yes, I I don't vote straight party line ticket. You know, because look look at what the Republicans just did to the state by removing the conservatives because they think the conservatives are the problem when it's the (laughs) liberals. It's it's the fake Republicans that are the problem. Stop spending money you don't have. For the love of the Lord, God Almighty, grow up and be adults. Oh man, Dennis, maybe you should run for office. I think you'd I think I could get behind you. All right, I gotta run, Dennis. I'm running late and I got other callers. Thank you for the call. Uh glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. James, good morning. You gotta go fast because I'm running out of time. Yeah, kudos to Rick, your caller earlier. I hear you on Trump. Um I'm calling about and that's why I want Ashcroft to be our next governor, because he will veto people like uh Rowden, those type Republicans in Missouri. But how disgusting, and I'm not an Eagle fan. You know I'm not. You know, I want I want Ashcroft to be our next elected governor. But for, for Rowden to say what he said in the, in the yesterday, I th- and I don't like Rowden. I thought it was very immature, and I don't think he'll be our Secretary of State because we don't need the BB gun boy to be our next uh, Secretary of State. All right. James, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, from GaryNolan.com, this is the problem with the Libertarians. Their Trump derangement syndrome shows when it comes to COVID, acting like if a Libertarian president was in charge of things, it would have been uh, drastically different. No one knew what to do. Actually, you're wrong, Brandon. Uh, the Libertarians understand the Constitution, the limits of the government, and the, and the beauty of the marketplace, and they would not have done They would not have done what he did. Uh, Rich says, I will heartily agree with you in regard to Trump's victory speech after the New Hampshire primary. I've always disliked his egotistical childish rants. In fact, while I like his policies in general, I nearly always mute the radio when he's speaking. I just hate to listen to him talk. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 935. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft is on board with us this morning. Not here because of any political campaign or political race. He is here simply because I want to know what he thinks. And as Secretary of State, uh, it's important that we all know. A story that I see from the Associated Press, Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft on Tuesday went on the defensive after the state auditor claimed Ashcroft violated state law by failing to turn over cybersecurity reviews of local election offices. Uh, the audit was released on Monday. Uh, was critical of Ashcroft's abrupt departure from the bipartisan Electronic Registration Information Center, a national system does, uh, designed to help states maintain accurate voter rolls. Uh, and it has been targeted by conspiracy theorists. I, I, I didn't know you were a conspiracy theorist, Mr. Secretary. Evidently. <laughs> uh, but welcome. Uh, let's go over this. What's going on? Um, what's going on is that you have an office that's run by bureaucrats that uh, wants to supplement or supplant the uh, thought process and investigation of the Secretary of State as to how to best run elections with their own. So let's face it, the Election Re- uh, Resource Information Center was supposed to be nonpartisan, was supposed to help states clean their voter rolls. Um, it was a bait and switch. You joined, and that's not what it did. It didn't do what it claimed it would do. I and I think uh, eight other Republican states have left it in the last year or so because it's not what it claimed to be. It's saving Missouri taxpayers money not to be paying into it, and we are doing the same job, if not better, by ourselves. It's a no-brainer to save money for the people of the state. And with regard to the cybersecurity reviews, um, I had legal obligations with every county to not disclose what happened there. When the state auditor came to me and said, give those to me, we said, I can't. We need to go to court, and if a judge orders me to, then I can do it. But either I violate supposedly the law for you or for them, the thing to do here is to go to court, have the judge tell me what I'm supposed to do, and I'll gladly do it. And they decided not to go to court, probably because they would have lost. Um, the uh, the auditor, uh, Scott, uh, Scott Fitzpatrick, is a Republican, so this isn't a political hit. Would you agree? Um, you know, I, I, I can't say that. I mean, his office staff is generally the staff of his predecessor, and I can't understand why he would say what he said. Uh, we didn't violate any law. We didn't violate any general accounting practices. There was no money missing. We've actually cleaned up our budget. Um, I, I can't speak to why he would do this. All right, let's move on because uh, there's some uh, big news out there, and one of, one of the uh, big stories nationally uh, deals with uh, President Trump in New Hampshire. But uh, statewide, uh, the big news is that uh, Senator Eigel and a couple of the other uh, Freedom Caucus members have been punished by Caleb Rowden. Um, I'm just curious to see what you think about Caleb Rowden's move. You know, I think at some point we need to be about whether or not people actually get stuff done or whether they just make social media posts. And um, if you look at the Senate where the fight is going on, nothing is getting done. If you look at the House, legislation is moving forward um, because people aren't spending all their time in front of cameras and on social media. They're actually meeting with people. They're figuring out how to move forward, and legislation is moving. I think that's what the people of this state want. They want conservative, 
small government, limited government policies moving forward. Uh, and that's not happening in the Senate. And frankly, I think there's enough uh, concern with both sides of that problem, if not all three sides of that problem in the Senate. What do you think of the uh, revisions that they wanted for the initiative petition uh, uh, process? You know, I've been working on an issue to petition uh, revision since November of 2016. I'm glad that the Senate is really finally talking about that. I'm not sure why it's taken seven years. Um, it may have something to do with August of this year. Who knows? Um, look, we should not be amending our Constitution here in Missouri unless it's something that Missourians broadly agree with. This shouldn't. We, in 2018, we had two amendments that passed with fewer than 14 percent of the registered voters voting in favor of them. That's ridiculous. I'm all in favor of making sure that the process is changed so that Missourians are in charge of it. It's not out-of-state billionaires, and that if we do make changes, they're broadly agreed to by Missourians. Within that framework, I'm happy to support any bills. Well, the, the Senate had an opportunity last year. You've been working on it since 2016. Uh, finally, they stood on principle, and then uh, Caleb Rowden tried to punish, well, he did punish them. He took away their... Well, uh, I'm not, let's, let's be honest, I'm not sure they stood on principle. Because where we are right now, I don't believe those bills have even been referred to committee. There was an agreement offered to refer them to committee two weeks ago, and those people that you say are standing on principle refused it. So at the same time they refuse to allow it to move forward, they're complaining that it's not moving forward. There's something a little sketchy there. I'm going to have to do more homework on both sides, uh, but but I, I mean, certainly you can't trust any of them. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's got their own view of uh, reality, and uh, sometimes uh, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't line up. Uh, let's go to the federal uh, uh, elections and uh, Donald Trump prevailing um, in in New Hampshire. First, yeah. It was uh, it was a massive deal. I mean, you, you you look at that where I think over half of the voters were not Republicans, and yet Donald Trump won by what eleven percentage points. Um, you know, you look at what happened in Iowa where he won over fifty percent. Nikki Haley came in third, seemed to claim that she was second. You look at uh, what just happened here in New Hampshire, where uh, once again he wins almost fifty-five percent of the vote. Nikki Haley is eleven percentage points behind. Is it is it too soon to call Nikki Haley an election denier? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Would you encourage her to to drop out, or do you think you know as long as she's got the money? See if she can pull it out? You know, she is allowed to make whatever decision she wants to make. Uh, but this is a state that was set up for Nikki Haley. Uh, a majority of the voters, according to exit polls, were independent or Democrat. And she still lost by 11 percentage points. The polls in South Carolina seem to indicate that she's going to lose by double digit, probably quite a bit more than 11 percentage points. Why are Republicans fighting each other when we could start doing what we really need to do and come together to make sure that Joe Biden is no longer in the White House after January of 2025? That's what we should be focused on, not personal ambition. What do you think of her as a VP? to help pull the party together? Uh, you know, that's that's up to the president and um, whoever our Republican nominee for president is. Um, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm focused on 
winning the presidency and making sure that, that Joe Biden and whoever's actually pulling his strings as the puppet master is gone. So, you know, I, I just we've got to win in November of next year or November this year. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Let me it's, it's amazing how time flies. Um, a friend of mine uh, lives across the street from lived across the street from me. Came over one day and wished me a happy birthday, and he didn't. He had, there's no way he could know my birthday. We never discussed it. We never celebrated. I don't even talk about it on the air. But it turns out that the state of Missouri sells driver's license information. Yep. And uh, he's an insurance guy, and they're buying those lists. Is there a way that that uh, you, as, as Secretary of State? Or that the legislature can stop this? Yes, the legislature can stop that. Uh, I've actually tried to work with the legislature with regard to our voter registration data to make sure that the information, we, we want to be transparent with that, but also to make sure that we weren't giving out uh, too much PII, personally identifiable information that could be a problem for individuals. Uh, the legislature, if they had the will, could step in and stop the, uh, Department, of, the Department of Revenue from doing this. Unfortunately, we have a problem. The legislature sees the people of Missouri as their piggy bank. They see this as a way to get money that they can spend on their personal pet projects. And until we elect people that truly want to decrease the size of government, it's not going to happen. Well, I'm compelled to give that information to the state if I want to drive around. Um, and th then they turn around and sell it uh, and profit from my private information, I find that irritating. I imagine the insurance uh, industry will probably uh, uh, have apoplexy, but I really think they should stop selling everybody's private information. I think they should. Um, you know, it will not stop your private information from being out there because I think Google knows 99% about 99% of us. Um, but at the very least, we should take a stand that the state should not be farming its people for data that it can sell. It's just not what should be done by the state. And I wonder how much information Google gets by buying that information from the state. I don't know. Uh, the federal budget, uh, we... You know, we keep kicking the can down the road. We keep spending money, Mr. Secretary, and, and uh, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. Nobody uh, wants to stop. You are correct. It's a problem at the federal level. We are going to default at some point. We just will not have the money to repay it. Look at what has happened with just the interest payments on our debt. But sadly, it's not just at the federal level. It's at the state level. I was looking at projections for Missouri's budget uh, that are pretty conservative that said in the next two to four years, Missouri will be broke. Think about that. In the next two to four years, we will be broke. With Republican supermajorities in the legislature, with every statewide official being a Republican, our budget has doubled in the last five to seven years. And we're about to go broke in the next two to four years. We've got to make a change, and uh, we've got to hold the people in the legislature that keep passing these budgets accountable. You know, we probably could have delayed that if we had had that initiative petition uh, problem fixed, uh, because that's you know that Medicaid expansion that's a that's a big chunk of money, several hundred million dollars a year. Yowza. Legislature, get on it.
Uh, Mr. Secretary Jay Ashcroft, thank you for being with us this morning. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. All right. Take care. All right. Um, it, anybody surprised that their, your information is sold like that? Yeah. Bothered me. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is 9.52, and Brian, I'm coming to you for advice. Sage-like dev- advice from one of my elders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just slip in every cheap shot I can. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, President uh, Biden was in Virginia, and he started with, Hello, Virginia, and the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. Oh, and, he did, huh? So I'm curious. Yes, this... he is an election denier. Uh-huh. See, you're so sage-like, you even knew the question. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Knocked it right out of the park. <laughs> hey, speaking of Biden, can you help me translate something? I, I've been struggling well, with it, and usually you're the expert. Turnabout is Biden fair needs. play. <laughs> you, you, you help me, I'll help you. Okay, here we go. Go ahead, play the audio. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. Oh, don't mess with me unless you want a lesson. Yeah, I heard that, but I was hoping maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping a little bit more information. A little more about, clarity? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me try this once again. And don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. Don't mess with the women in America? Or middle America, don't mess with uh, the middle. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, mess with the middle of America unless you want to get the benefit. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I've been struggling with it all day. Save, once again. <laughs> save, that, save that for tomorrow. All right. We'll ask, we'll ask Kevin, Kevin Jackson. We'll nail it. Yeah, he, he, gets, uh, he gets the, uh, you know, he can, he can hear it and he'll get through it. Oh, you just can't make this stuff up, folks. The Democrats are election deniers all the time. I mean, uh, Georgia didn't didn't uh, what's her name say? Oh, this election was stolen. Stacey and Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Yeah, the the election was well, stolen. Well, that's different. Hillary Clinton said that the election was stolen. That's different too. Uh, President Biden is saying uh, Terry McAuliffe was the real governor of. Yeah, that's different too. How is it always different for them? Well, they didn't do an insurrection, you see. They, they didn't have a what? An insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the qualifier, you see. I see. <laughs> oh, it's so amusing how they come up with this stuff. Oh, Lord, it is amusing. All right, uh, we're getting some mixed signals on the economy. Uh, I uh, I think that it's problematic. I've been saying this for months, uh, but there you know there's some good signs. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has a couple of stories. The public may soon see the economic light. Perceptions tend to lag behind reality, but inflation, they say, has been going down for a while. That isn't true. Uh, it has been uh, it has been going up at a slower rate, but it has not gone down. Uh, for inflation to go down, it has to first hit zero and then hit negative numbers. It, it, it's not doing that. It's not flat. It's going up. Um, and it's going up more than the 2% that the Fed targets. And I'm not sure if they can ever hit that 2% level. We'll ask uh, Professor Sabrin. 
But this uh, this economist, this guy in, in the Wall Street Journal, uh, uh, Alan uh, Blinder, uh, seems to think that every you know everything is going to be all right. Here's here's the uh, here's the problem. Americans want the prices to go back down again, and in some cases they will retreat. But in many cases, they just simply can't. It's built into the into the cake. It's part of what happens when you have an inflationary rush uh, like we did. And the fact that we keep spending uh, just makes it that much harder. I actually think that as we continue to spend, that 2% uh, target is going to be harder to hit. Someone's going to have to go to the Federal Reserve and say... Uh, you know, bring the interest rates down to zero again so that when we renew our national debt, the payments are, are more affordable. That will, you know, that'll complicate things. That'll be inflationary and it just, you know, putting off uh, the inevitable end. It's a it's a vicious uh, circle. Roy says he can translate Biden for you, Brian. Yeah, supposedly. All right, let's uh, let's let him have at it. Okay, Boy. I understand that I'm, I'm working from something that's not workable, but the last words, if you enunciate, were, unless you want to get a benefit. Now, when he started to become less intelligible, one of the last words that he got out was woman. So evidently they want to nationalize women and make them benefits. <laughs> I might just be a yeah, Biden fan. We, we were on board with that. Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let me remind you: at this point, the government will demand that they get to define what a woman is, and you oh, may not. Oh, oh yeah! I just oh, fell off were that looking train. Good there for a second, but <laughs> now you you ruined the picture for me, Roy. Bait the switch. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Take care. Glad to have you in the Gary Nolan show. Woo! Whoa, that it was good there for a minute, Brian. I was thinking, yeah. you know, <laughs> kind of got whipsawed around there for yeah, a second until I realized <laughs> it could be a guy. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, uh, and again, uh, we you know constantly we're proving that we're better at everything. Apparently, men are better at being women than women. We know this because men are winning. Uh, well, uh, sort of men are winning at. Uh, all the swimming contests, the bicycling contests, the cross country, the golf, uh, every you name it, weightlifting. Uh, we're beating women mercilessly. No, that didn't sound good. Let's talk economics with the professor in the next segment on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show 